Seventh Avenue Pizza, the official pizza of the Soda Pod. The Soda Pod, the official beer and hockey podcast of Seventh Avenue Pizza. From the Wildwoods of Vancouver Island, welcome to the Soda Pod. You should join me here alongside the state of Hoppy. And thank you for joining us wherever and whenever you are listening. How's it going, man? I mean, it could be going better. Um, we'll get into this at the end of the show, but basically oh. at my house when my co-host tells me he's got the lock of the century for uh, UFC betting and then it doesn't pan out. So that's what we're I drinking can't. to today. Uh, yeah, I'm... <laughs> I'm a little depressed, ladies and gentlemen, as we record this Sunday morning. Um, usually I'm pretty good, like the next day after sports. You know, e- even even a big loss on, for our hockey teams. Like, wake up the next day, it's a new day. Today stings. Today stings. Uh, it, was, it was a hard weekend if you were betting on college football and MMA. Let's just say that. I can't believe I have a voice, by the way. I streamed seven hours yesterday. I, I literally, I, have, you, I didn't say a word that this every morning. Saturday? Ah, well, sometimes there, it was an extra two hours. Like, it was a longer event. So, I five hours usually saturday okay, the extra two okay. hours that's a lot that's a lot on the old vocal cords but we're here and uh we actually have quite a bit to talk about today hoppy yeah i mean not a ton wild related but plenty going on in the hockey world and uh, unrelated if anyone's looking for like three-ish roommates my dog is very well behaved housebroken yeah. my wife also housebroken um we're we're on the market right now since I'm losing my house. Is she mad at me? She's never letting me watch UFC at your place again. (laughs) She doesn't know. (laughs) Oh, shit. That's even worse. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. NHL talk. Let's get into it because there's barely any wild talk. We'll touch on them later in this show, folks. Um, But yeah, let's get into some wider NHL news. Yeah, let's just talk through all the contracts that are getting doled out. First, the uh, infamous PTOs, which... I'm kind of shocked by some of the names we're seeing here being signed to PTOs instead of actually getting a contract. I don't know. Like it's, it's weird that it's becoming way more mainstream. Yeah. Because usually it's like, um, you know, maybe, maybe it's a prospect, you know, from Sweden, Finland, or Russia that played in your organization, maybe played in North America for the bounce around and you're bringing them in. Okay. Are you ready? Maybe we'll do PTO in training camp or it's players who are, much older who you're just giving a chance like i remember when owen nolan signed at like 38 years old the canucks in like 2010 i was like yeah let's go baby i just want to see you in one preseason game and then the euro example i'm drawing from canucks examples here as of late they had a prospect called anton rodin who was very good in europe very good in the ahl bounced around and they finally gave him a pto and he he did decent in training camp but you know didn't work out so that's the thing it's more so players that you are as fans and as fans of hockey people who follow the national hockey league you kind of know like there's a very slight chance that they're making the team they're mostly here to fill a roster spot or like a a preseason roster spot a camp spot or to test some younger players like that's usually the reason and they usually understand that but the names like you said that we see here today these are players that easily could have just been signed to minimum contracts right and it's well and it's it's like you said i'm way more of the seeing like aging veterans like players that had real good name appeal back in the day. Like you think to St. Louis blues when they brought biz and wit in for PTOs, like that's purely off name, right? Yeah. 
What are some other big examples? Let us know, by the way, listeners. What are some examples? Eric Stahl, yeah, that's a good recent one. But what were some big ones? Like, like remember, like Owen Nolan for the Canucks. That one was that one was huge. We were pumped. But uh, fuck, what are some other big ones? Anyways, we won't get into it right now. But uh, important. But yeah, people are listening. Let us know. We've got players in their prime that are like solid NHL players being signed to PTOs. First and foremost, Danny DeKaiser with your Vancouver Canucks. Who like I, I didn't <laughs> I didn't realize it was a PTO right uh, right off the bat, which is, is kind of funny given what we're talking about here and how we're how we're talking about it. I thought they just straight up signed him because that's just what I saw. The Vancouver Canucks made a tweet, Hoppy, that with a with a picture that just said De Kaiser signed, and I was like, okay, like how much did they give this guy? Like Nothing. if this is if this is a guy that they're expecting to you know put next to you know Quinn Hughes and this is a swing and a miss as far as filling their defense. Okay. It's a PTO. And to be honest, he's not that bad. He's not that bad. He's, he's a solid bottom pairing defensive guy. Um, I saw Jay fresh. Actually, I, I looked at his stats and he had nothing but good things to say about him. He's like, he's okay. He's fine. He's not going to be a detriment to your defense sure. core, which is kind of what the Canucks need because some of their defensemen who are being paid way more than they're worth. They're high ceiling, low reward at or high ceiling, low floor at best, Tyler Myers. Um, and you really need kind of stable guys on the back end. Where I'm super critical of the move is like, why are you signing guys to PTOs? Make a big splash and get an actual defensive pillar and start making uh, a run at the Pacific Division. Right now, it just feels very much like you're just kicking your tires here, making the fans, okay, they're, they're giving some defense... Uh, defenseman a chance here and trying to fill the the back end so as a fan of the canucks i'm like "Eh, whatever but hey decent pto signing because it's pretty much you're getting someone for free well dude he's like a crazy case study of coming in with more hype than ever like he was such a touted prospect when he landed with detroit and he just didn't really pan out he was fine you know right right he's fine but they expected kind of like He's just like Justin Schultz, man. Like he was the yeah. prize pony and in Edmonton, it just didn't fucking work. Maybe the change of scenery is what this guy needs. A la Pittsburgh for Justin Schultz. Like maybe DeKaiser gets some of his game back in a different system. Yep. 32 years old. So not, not that old. If anything, he, he's I didn't know he was that prime. old. Holy yeah, shit. He's been, dude. He's been with the wings. 32. He's been with the wings since 2012. How crazy is that? And he's been on the roster since 2012. Ooh. Wow. Yeah, man. Uh, that he played just... he played in the BCHL in 2009. Trail Smoke Eaters. How are you? That broke my brain a little bit. I yeah. did not think he was that old. I yeah, take man, back every, I take back everything I just ah. said. <laughs> he's he's definitely done. Um okay. Well, I mean, 11 <laughs> 11 assists last year in 59 games I, as defense. Dude, I think that's the most off I've ever been on a player's <laughs> like age. Like I'm What usually... do you think? Dude, I thought he was like 26. Oh shit. Yeah, no. Um no, Dude, I'm, I'm I'm usually within like a year or two at worst and I'm usually pretty lockstep on these. I was so far off. I feel so dumb right now. Yeah, he played four <laughs> he played 4 years with the Red Wings when they were actually like still good making the playoffs and then the dark ages from 2017 to now. Huh. Yeah. So shit. very know. much a PTO signing for the Canucks in this case. Yeah, but like a big but a name nonetheless, like we said. A name nonetheless. And, and it, again, despite his age, Hoppy, he wasn't bad last year or the year before or the year prior. I was looking into some of his fancy stats and I was, I don't know, there wasn't much, let's be honest, there's not much highlights to watch from him. So I'm not even going to pretend they're saying that. But I was looking yeah. at the stats. 
He's fine. But like, again, do we want another fine defenseman like Luke Shen pairing with Quinn Hughes? No, even as a general hockey fan, let's give Quinn Hughes a, a legit defenseman that he can be paired with. And so that these guys can just, I don't know, put on a show for everybody, not just Canucks fans. It sucks that like they're doing this to, to Quinn Hughes. Giving it to him? I don't know. He's the one that signed long-term. Yeah, probably when they're like, you know, we're, we're going to get you some defense. We promise. That's on him for believing them. Yeah, fair enough. It's still it's still gutting. And again, I'm biased from BC for only a, another month, but still. <laughs> Anyways, let's let's. So you on. say. So I you feel say. like I'm, I feel like I'm dragging on this <laughs> to Kaiser segment. Yeah, that was a lot of time spent on the Kaiser. <laughs> Moving on. Zach Aston Reese signing a PTO with the Toronto Maple Leafs, which like really interesting. Um, first, I've been having people at work ask me. I've been getting DMs like, "Dude, does Aston Pop Reese suck? Like, does he does he suck? Like, no, <laughs> no, he does not." I was under the impression that he must have just been asking for too much money and like pricing himself out of teams. But if he's signing a PTO with Toronto, that means he's prepared to take close to league men. Otherwise you can't play there. Um, it's interesting though. Cause I, for a long time, I was kind of negative on the bottom six of Toronto, but just looking at what they have right now, it's actually not that bad. Like it's not a lock that Aston Reese makes this team, which is nuts because he's a solid bottom six forward. Oh dude. He is a, he's an elite bottom six forward in the sense that like everyone looks at his numbers and says, Oh, he's so good defensively. Well, no, no, no. He has incredible defensive metrics because his puck possession numbers are mm. insane. Him and Teddy Bluger, they've had a couple of different guys that they ran with, but Tanev was the most successful. Dude, they controlled the puck like no fourth line in the NHL could. And that's so big for your team to know you can throw them out there and not have to worry about the puck going in your own net. Like, and again, great grain of salt stat. He has kind of an aging stat, but in his entire NHL career, he's never been a minus player in his career. That That's... That's something. That means something, especially when you're playing in the bottom six. Dude, that's fucking awesome, actually. Wow. Yeah, so whether it's with Toronto or Dude, elsewhere, he's going to land. Only once in his entire hockey career going back to juniors was he a minus player, and that was with the Lincoln fucking Stars in 2011 in the USHL. He's a minus four. Every other season, junior, college, AHL, NHL, he's been a plus player. That's pretty fucking sick. Interesting. Cool. Again, grain of salt stat. These days, it's an aging stat. But when it's that consistent, it, it, it tells some sort of it tells a part of the story. Yeah, and that's all you need, right? Everyone tries to like take one stat or one analytic and say, oh, this player's good or bad because of this. Like, no, it's yeah. part of the story. And that's a really good testament as part of his story, yeah. especially when you're talking again about a player that plays that type of a role. Um yes. so and a player uh, who almost he... died by uh Tom Wilson. Dude. Tom Wilson almost decapitated him in that one playoff series. I got to say, they're doing smart things over there, though. They're bringing in more and more oh. penguins. It's a recipe for success. Toppy is literally going to be a Maple Leafs fan now. I mean, kind of, just, just to piss you off. Yeah. But not I mean, actually. It, if really Matt fun. Murray, like, resurrects his career and has an incredible season, yeah, I'll be cheering. Fuck that. that. Then I'm going full on Ottawa train then. Okay. Matt Murray's former team. Toronto's new rival because Montreal is irrelevant. Minnesota's new rival because they stole Cam Talbot from us. <laughs> we can work Jeez. that into the narrative. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, all right. Quickly, we'll go into your favorite Canadian market. 
Oh, no, actually, we got one more PTO. Apologies. Yeah, we got Calvin DeHaan signing in Carolina, which is pretty uneventful. Uh, <laughs> yep. He played there for one season or part of one season. They didn't like him, so I'm not sure what he's doing there on a PTO. Again, all these players could end up on different teams at yep. the end of their PTO, but them signing with a specific team means that there's kind of an understanding of, hey, you're going to make this much, and here's where we see you fitting if your PTO goes well. So Yeah, absolutely. That one was weird to me. Um, I, I don't really have much to say on him. He's whatever. So then we have two signings of Isha's favorite Northwest Passage Canadiens. Um, <laughs> Kirby Doc getting four years by 3.3625 mil. Uh, initial thoughts. Um, based on based on his current time in the NHL, I think it's a little steep. However, he's young. There's a lot of, of opportunity to improve here. And if he improves a lot this season and say the next, then hey, you got him on a bargain for a couple a couple more years. So I don't know. I, I don't think they expect him to be a superstar, which is why the contract is the way that it is right now. And in, in the sense that he could pop next year, then they're like, oh shoot. Or, or the year after we have to pay this guy in four years, maybe more than we expected. I think this is kind of, this is okay for now. It's, it's more than a bridge. And it, it, at, at the end of 20, was it 2026? If he's made even minor improvements, then you'll get a little bit more of a payday. And if he's jumped leaps and bounds and i don't think he's ever going to be like a point per game you know 80 point player anything like that but even if he gets to like the 60 70 point uh tier and is still has a good two-way game he's gonna get a, a decent bump and it's not gonna like sink the montreal uh canadians if they're at if they're at the time to or if they're ready to compete at that time anyway so like i'm i'm whatever on this deal it's okay kirby doc everyone talks him up a bunch but if you look at his output, and again, it's 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 with a whatever team, the Chicago Blackhawks, as of late, like I think he's been overhyped a little bit. Like his first season, he got the Chicklets bump, and everyone was like, "Oh, he's he's amazing!" This this and that. And it's like, yeah, calm down, calm down. Uh, I'm gonna. This is gonna be a little change of pace for us. I'm gonna be the optimist for once, and I think Kirby Doc, like this contract, perfect. Like no issues with it. It's a rebuilding team, like totally new foundation, new coach, new GM bringing in new prospects and he is in a, a much better environment in general. Just that is to re true. Reset. That is true. Don't get me wrong. It's a crazy media market. And if he doesn't figure it out in the first couple months, they'll probably be on his ass, but yeah, but, but with everything Chicago, that went down in Chicago, yeah, so much negativity <laughs> on and off the ice, man. <laughs> and we saw it in the bubble, man. He like, he looked incredible in the bubble. And then whatever happened at World Junior, like that injury, like he never fully came back from it. And then he was always behind the eight ball, like always just being dogged yeah. heavily. Like, yeah, there's people that pump his tires. But in Chicago, that was not fucking happening. This guy was so down on himself and so negative. And this is his opportunity to go in with a, a good coach, right? Marty St. Louis, we, I'm not going to put him in the echelon of like top five coaches by any means. But what he is is a player's coach. He's a guy that does not want to put handcuffs on a player and say stick to this system he wants to have a system in place that gives them the freedom to be creative within that light framework right and yeah. i think that's something that can only help kirby doc and yeah it's totally possible that he's just a boston never gets back to what he was but for his age his draft pedigree like all of this totally worth giving him that four-year stretch just over three mil to find out if he can recapture that. And 
dude, that's a great one-two punch if he can revive his career, him and uh, Suzuki. So I like it. Um, not mm, a lot more, I guess, than the Caden Primo signing. Uh, three <laughs> yeah. years, uh, just under 900K. Uh, just tells you that they know what they're going with in net moving forward. It's it's going to be him, and it's going to be the the Minnesota Wild killer. Um, I we probably shouldn't even say his name. It's like <laughs> um, Voldemort. It's it's crazy to think that Price is probably done now. Yeah, he's very done. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like the roller coaster because it was like I, I'm done. I'm not done. I'm done. Yeah, it's, it's nuts. Actually, I saw a. Uh... I think it was a it was a tweet or some sort of graphic that just it showed head-to-head Lundquist and Price's stats and man oh. if you really break it down Lundquist he's the better goalie and he he was he is he always will be we'll get into that on a different day because I'm even siding with the, the Swedish goalie not the Canadian and it was it, it really opened my eyes when you look at the stats I was like holy shit yeah he is he is better than Carey Price but we'll sure. save that for another episode hey, fair enough uh last then the, but not then the juicy one your newly yeah. anointed team the ottawa senators <laughs> make go. another yes another big boy signing timmy stutzla wow bye bye normal lifestyle this guy yeah. is getting eight years 8.35 million isha let's hear it this is your new team what do you think about it i think this guy has the potential to be a fucking star <laughs> is it early Kind of like when we were like, oh, New Jersey, what are you doing with Jack Hughes? This is this is kind of like that. Um, they're pushing their chips in the middle, and they're clearly confident. If they're that confident with this guy, and based on what I've seen from Tim Stutzel thus far, fuck it, right? Let's go. This is the star of the future. You know, it's funny that you bring up Jack Hughes right away because I had a tweet pulled up here from uh, JB Mills. Oh, yeah. who said, uh, I think it's important to point out that Hughes signed his extension going into his third season, just like Stutzla. Yep. Hughes' first two seasons, 117 games played, 18 goals, 34 assists, 52 points. So 0. 0.44 points per game. Yeah. Stutzla's wow. first two seasons, 132 games played, 34 goals, 53 assists, 87, 87. points. 0.66 points per game. So, yeah, I like again. If you were down sense. on the Hughes signing, then maybe you're down on the Stutzel signing. I thought the Hughes signing was brilliant. I I think both of these players have such high ceilings and potential. And if you're the Ottawa Senators, think about it. You're like taking Stutzel playing with Scrubs to now probably playing with DeBrincat and Giroux. Like probably going to see an uptick in production. Probably Dude, makes sense to get a contract he, done before he goes nuclear this year. Poppy, yeah, that's thing. He, I, that's a great point that you ended on that on that because I was just going to say he might get a hundred points this season, and then and if he and then you would that's have to aggressive. pay him. That's aggressive. Well, he might. Okay, all right. I'm back to being the pessimist again. Wait, wait, wait. That's aggressive. He, but <laughs> if he gets north of ninety points, we'll say, and he had to negotiate after that, he's getting a one point five mil more. No, right. Oh. Maybe even, even two. More than that, yeah. yeah, he might even get like 11 mil. And then you got the potential of offer sheets too, I believe. So that's always so, fun. The fa- this is what I'll say. Is it a little steep? Sure, based on, based on history. Sure, we, we don't see this often, but we're starting to see it now as more general managers, more organizations are being more proactive rather than reactive on contract signings. 
Yeah, and uh, the the funny thing here too is he's going to be making like 145k more than Brady Kachuk, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure the Budweiser sponsorship is oh. going to keep him above. So we got to see hilarious. is Timmy Stutzler going to get some crazy like German beer sponsor? He might. But I, dude, I I'm with you on Stutzler though. Like I I think this guy has just just oozing potential. Like. He might be, uh, okay, I won't go that far, but he's going to, you're going to look back and he's going to easily maintain his draft position where some people were kind of questioning it. I'm trying to find what's a good, like German beer sponsor or German beer that's in Canada and the States. (laughs) Bex. (laughs) We're moving past this because that's, that's a waste. Uh, But so then the the next interesting thing I saw, Aisha, and I can't give proper credit because I don't remember who tweeted it, but uh, immediately what has to happen when big contracts are given out comparisons. Oh yeah. And not just on Timmy Stutzla, but comparing the core of the Ottawa senators to that of the Toronto Maple Leafs. So essentially it was taking, I think it was Brady Norris Debrinkat, and Stutzla and okay. Shabbat. Sorry. So those five and comparing it to that would be, let's see Riley on defense. And then of course, Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander. And there was only a $10 million discrepancy. Wow. Which of those would you rather have, Isha? Um, Senators, obviously. Fuck Toronto. That's what I figured you'd say. Honestly, though, from the perspective of, like, age and future output, maybe it is the Ottawa Senators because you know what's really been shocking to me? The decline of Johnny Tavares. I... which, that is the, which that's that, overstated too, because he's still an incredible player. I know he's just not what you expected. You expected so much more from him joining that Toronto team. Well, and in fairness, the first season he joined them, I think he showed that. Um, just you know, right. he got his so new what happened. silk PJs, and it was all just beautiful. <laughs> um, I, I that oh, is the you, one you know, Asia. I'm the, the second that I have a kid. I'm getting every <laughs> NHL team's pajamas and bed sheets. I'm going to take all the pictures just so that I'm ready. Whenever all, that yeah. situation that's, comes up, that's hilarious. My genetics are fucked, so it doesn't matter. Oh man, um, he's like, I mean, other than poor Dion Phaneuf, who got way too much flack in Toronto. Like, I feel really bad for John Tavares because, like, every, I feel like Toronto fans are starting to hate him now. Islanders fans will never forgive him, and like, all this guy has done, other than win cups, is just put up points. <laughs> nice. What? Poor Johnny T, the lacrosse legend. So, so what? Let, let's before we transition into booze. What's your outlook this season for the Ottawa Senators? I think they. Oh man, it's tough. I think they have the potential to make the playoffs, but I think more so their team is constructed now where they 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 can compete in that tier how the division breaks down though and that it's just so hard to predict right now but i do think they're in that tier of knocking on the playoff door or you know showing well in the first round that that's where i think that they are right now and again they're just going to they're just going to get better and better i i i really think the addition of Giroux is going to make a, a crazy amount of difference to bring cat to um, I mean, I like their goaltending. Everybody knows that on this podcast. 
Yeah, I, do I, I think. Do you like their goaltending? <laughs> I I think that they've taken a massive step forward, obviously, and I think they're in that tier to sum it up that should push or make the playoffs. But just depending on how this division breaks down, I don't want to. I guess predict it until our prediction show. Yeah, that that's my tough thing, man. I if they were in a different division, it, honestly, if they were in the West, right? If they were in yeah. the Central or the Pacific, I'd be a little more interested. But oh yeah, this is such a tough division that has four stalwarts that have pretty much been stapled there, and then you have two other teams with you in the bottom that have taken that are, massive leaps. And yeah, actually, that are in that same. To be team. honest, even Montreal, man, like they're not going to yeah. be a playoff team. They are they better mean. this year than they were last year. No, that's true. That's that true. makes it a lot harder for a team that's playing all these points. teams to get those easy points, mm -hmm. right? And I, I think that Ottawa, we're going to go back to the high ceiling, low floor discussion, right? You don't know what's going to happen with all these new bodies getting thrown at that roster, yeah. right? You don't know how Sanderson's going to impact the defense, good or bad. You don't know how Giroux's going to impact. You don't know how Debrinkat's going to impact. It could work beautifully, and if you – promised me that chemistry locks and everyone's good and healthy for the season and cam Talbot can handle playing two thirds of the games. Great. Sign me yeah, up. They're probably, go. they're probably a wild card team, but there's so many variables there. When you look at a team like Detroit in comparison, Buffalo in comparison, both they teams all got better finished the season stronger. They, they got better, but they didn't make crazy moves. Yeah. Right. I, I just, I'm very skeptical of Ottawa. And I think that this year, if they can just be in the hunt all the way, even if they don't make the playoffs, I think that's a win. Yeah. But if we look at the like remaining schedule in January and it's like, no, Ottawa's toast. That's bad. That's not acceptable. I After agree. All the money they're showing out. I agree. I think they're going to be a fucking fun team to watch this year. Man. And then they're fun. Yeah. And, we haven't, and thank God we haven't they got said that in jerseys. a while. We haven't said that in a while, man. Back in the, uh, oh man, the Heatley days with Ottawa. Good God, those are fun. I hated them then. <laughs> those are fun. Those are fun. Spezza. <laughs> Alfredson. Scumbag Alfredson, yep. Why do you hate Alfredson so much again? Dude, you don't take a slap shot at the opposing team's captain well after the horn goes for the period. Scumbag. Trashy mm. move. You just hold a grudge. He's a legend. Isha, if he... Uh, okay, let's take any Boston Bruin that you don't already aggressively hate and say that after the period, they wound up and cranked a slap shot at Henrik Sedin. What are you going like to think one, about that player? I feel like one probably already did, to be honest. Okay. But you don't remember it. <laughs> it's because I don't hold grudges. Uh, I hold grudges in hockey. Outside of hockey, I try not to. Right, fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. I honestly, when I was growing up, thought he was Canadian. I'll never forgive Tom Wilson for the travesties uh, he's done. Yeah, that guy's fucking nuts. I'm not going to lie. Until I like started to really get into hockey and like you know had the internet as my disposal, I thought Alfredson was Canadian the whole time <laughs> as a kid. What? Oh, my God. <laughs> you didn't look at him. Come on. <laughs> Jesus. That's uh, All right, well, that's, that's something else entirely. <laughs> we need to move off the Senators then. <laughs> You just lost any center supporters we had. I don't um, think we had I, any. <laughs> no, probably not. Sends, sends, baby. All right. We, we uh, know Z's on board. Yeah. Yeah, let's get into some beer talk, some booze talk. Most of it's coming from you. Um, it sounded like uh, you had a fun weekend. You were smiling in the Twitter picture holding a new beer. Oh, hey oh, baby. Well, first, we got to talk about what I'm drinking right now. Mm. And it is. It finally happened, Isha. We got the first call. From mm. Modest being distributed. 
That is new. Wow. They haven't done it previously. I've every time I go in there, I'm like, when are you gonna distribute? When are you gonna distribute? They finally did. God bless their souls. Um, my wife was so thrilled when I gave her her three pack. Um, uh-huh. but yes, delightful. Anyone that hasn't had it again, it is a coffee lager, so like it's golden in color. The first time that I had it, I've probably said this several times in the podcast, but like they literally handed me the beer and I'm like, no, dude, I got the coffee one. And he's like, yep. And then just like inched it towards me again. I'm like, uh, okay. Like, I get this a lot. <laughs> okay, then. Um, I even tried that. Delightful. One. Delightful. That one was awesome. Yes. It's oh so, so good. Uh, what are you having? Or you're probably not having. What are you recovering from? Uh, recovering from, well, uh, shout out to Hoin Brewing. I had a couple dark matters last night and then I cracked out the Centauri Toki, which by the way, out of, out of everything Centauri, uh, produces, honestly, this is my favorite as far as it's bang, absolute bang for your buck. Like in Canada, it's, it's like 70 to 80 bucks in the States. You can get it for like 30, dude. It's Um, it's 70 or 80 bucks for you and you still drink it. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh my god. I didn't uh, realize well, that. Well, because everything else is marked up too hoppy, so this is the cheaper the cheaper stuff. Bang That's for your buck. Insane. Yeah. Welcome to British Columbia. Uh well, a blend whiskey welcome. from Centauri's three distilleries, Yamazaki, Hakushu, and Chita. Tokyo has a different composition to another Centauri blend hibiki, as its main component are Hakushu single malt and Chita grain whiskey. Um it works really good if you want to mix it for highballs uh Wait, but sorry, i would what now you mix uh, it that's what it says there's a few mixed drinks uh there's some japanese styled mixed drinks here i'm just reading from their website right here okay. um but for the most part and and i i i like it on the rocks um personally it, it's a bang for your buck uh japanese whiskey and toki means time in japan hoppy well if we're gonna if we're gonna read things i guess i'll read off the can what we have here for the first call is a 24-hour easy drinking pale lager with a mind-blowing coffee punch pilsner malt malted oats milk sugar and cold press coffee it's so good i can read too isha it's so good and like it rivals um i know it's it's not a it's not a lager but my uh my coffee ale that I like out here, which by the way, I was a little disappointed because I, I hope it was a bad batch and they didn't like change the recipe because White Sales started canning and distributing mm. uh, their their uh, coffee ale. And it's just, it, it was not what I tried when I went there uh, and tried it for the first time. And gotcha. when I tried it for the first time, I was like, this is one of the best beers I've ever had. And now I'm like, ah, like I can't even put it in that tier, not even close anymore. It's just different. It's almost like they added some, like a spice to it. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, I don't like spice and like cinnamon and beer. Not my thing, which is a bummer. So uh, as Isha alluded to previously, uh, I went into bad weather brewing on Friday because while I was up at the cabin on Labor Day weekend, they had a beer release for a whiskey barrel infused uh, immortal toast. Wow. And like immediately I'm like, I need this, but yes. I don't know if it's going to survive until I get back. Sure enough. I, I messaged the the bad weather Twitter and they're like, don't worry. Just like put notes in that you messaged me and we'll just hold on to it for you. And then I go there to pick it up wearing this delightful, delightful topographic loon hoodie from waggle golf. Get your waggle on.com. 
do not hesitate, folks. This is one of their best releases yet with their quarter zips and hoodies. Oh, just beautiful. Um, but back to uh, the so then after I get it and make the post, which Isha thought that I just looked so happy and apparently, I, yeah, I, I guess I'm not a happy person. <laughs> um, but I get a message from Bad Weather saying next one up is like a cinnamon something beer, and I'm like, oh crap. It's it, like it sounded really good too, but it's like I just know that cinnamon like 90% of the time I'm not gonna like it. But this one they're gonna have on tap and in bottles, so Ooh. I'll try it first and then get the bottle if it's good enough. Yeah, I mean I'm a, I love cinnamon in most things, just not beer. Don't don't give it to me in beer. Like I, I'll I'll take it in, in everything else, but not beer. I don't really like it in anything. In fairness, I, well, I like then, yeah, I then, like cinnamon toast crunch. That's about it. That's something. That's something. That's right, more sugar but, than cinnamon. But that's it. Like cinnamon gum, never, never. Oh, fireball just because it's a shot and it's better than some oh of the other God. shots that you can have, right? Like I can't do I'm, fireball anymore. I'm just not a okay. So it sounds like you're not a cinnamon guy either, poser. Well, um, <laughs> it's just that. Yeah, I just had everyone has. I mean, I shouldn't say everyone. Most people have a fireball experience in high school or college. Mm. I definitely had mine in second year of college, funny enough. See, it wasn't and a thing when I was in high school, so I can't even yeah, I can't even eat the heart the cinnamon hearts. I guess I like I can eat cinnamon, but cinnamon I don't spice like those either, man. Cinnamon <laughs> spice stuff I can't have because it just reminds me of that experience. The cinnamon I used to love cinnamon hearts. Can't because it just reminds me of that. Meh. No, definitely not. Apparently, I was the life of the entire party. Apparently, we, I I did I did not go clubbing. That was Apparently. not my thing. A, a, apparently yeah. well there's some pictures on facebook to, to prove it as well um that i decided just to keep up because i was a jolly a jolly old lad uh <laughs> those times but, say that uh, ever again. but yeah i don't remember a thing i don't remember a thing but apparently i was dancing at the club having a great night i don't remember anything yeah we didn't remember anything remember remember um, totally blacked out the whole thing yeah the pictures um, are still there shout out so i think it's the source club oh, the sugar source maybe club. Hmm. So then Saturday, my move was uh, a couple of different breweries, I guess. I uh, went out to Dual Citizen Brewing because they had their Blocktoberfest. Um, just like had a big stage for music, had a couple other breweries come in and like pour like from like a truck almost, like just a couple of taps. And first gripe that I need to air with people is if like I love that people bring their dogs to breweries. That's awesome. Like we do it all the time. Kessie loves being a brewery dog because you know that everyone wants permission to come pet her. So she just gets yeah. all the attention and we just let her do her thing. If you bring your dog to a concert, let alone bring it right in front of the stage, right by the speakers, you are the worst form oh. of douchebag in the world. I hate that you do that. It's your life. Do what you want, but don't ruin your dog's life too. That sounds, that just seems miserable. And that's yeah. what someone did. And I was so pissed off. I was, oh, I hadn't even had a drink yet. And I was riled up. You feel like if you're a dog owner, you you know, the dogs have insanely good hearing. That is Not why anymore. would you, yeah, I know. And so with that alone, why, why are you doing that to them? And B, right. if you have the, if you have the ability to be away from the speaker, I mean, at least that helps. Well, that's the thing. And and to be clear, like there's people that were there with their dogs elsewhere. Like if the dog's yeah. inside or if you're at least away from the stage, like, whatever that's to your discretion yeah. there was literally an asshole right in front of the stage with their dog and it's like you fucking suck i remember my, my ex and i we took uh our dog at the time dave he was he was young he was like a year and a half we took him to the dave. just dave he was awesome the <laughs> I most love basic when dogs name. have real people names oh it was it was awesome. <laughs> he had he had three legs too he was, he was a he was a tank 
He's okay. missing one of his back legs. We take him. He'd out hike us. I swear, this dog was dope. But anyways, we took him. Uh, there's there's this funny event in Victoria, Tuba Christmas, where there's like, I don't know, maybe a hundred tubas that just play like Christmas songs. It's just a funny thing that's like downtown. It's like almost like tradition there in Vic. Everyone goes there has hot chocolate. Goes and listens to all these dinky oh, tubas in, in Vic. You've never said that before in, in Vic. Vic. Um, they should, yeah. they should call it Vic Island. <laughs> they should actually um we weren't close to the stage but let's just say like, dave did not like the tube the poor guy was crying for like the first five then we're like all right we're done we're like and we then we left right we did dave right so you figured it out and you moved we didn't on do dave that, that guy just, was there for a lot like, he I, laid uh, in this puddle and was like we're like okay you're not like this but so on site with uh dual citizen was dangerous man who had their s'mores peanut butter porter delicious everything mm. you'd hope it's basically just a little bit of sweetness added to the peanut butter porter. And I'm okay with that because their peanut okay. butter porter is more roasty yes. than sweet. So, And this is still very roasty, very delicious. Um, you'd almost, I'm sure a lot of people would like to have a little bit more s'mores in that. Like to make it, like it was very similar to the peanut butter porter. Mm. So, but that's okay. It was delicious. I loved it. They had uh, their Hazer Nado, which was a hazy IPA. Apparently my wife's getting into hazy IPAs now. She likes those and like New England IPAs. Oh, I like for the it. longest time she hated. Like, if I said it was an IPA, she's like, get it away from me now. <laughs> um, so there's hope for her yet. It's wonderful. Um, and then the last one was uh, Wooden Ship Brewing. And they had like an Oktoberfest that was pretty solid, I guess. Yeah. Um, but so then we moved on to meet up with uh, some of our friends that moved out into the, the boondocks of Lakeville. And we went to a new brewery, apparently. I didn't even know it existed it's called north 20 brewing out in rosemont minnesota and really cool like space like kind of the barn feel almost and like big outdoor seating area whatever decent food um beer was good um nothing that like i have to go back for necessarily but like i out of the four beers on my flight there was only one that i didn't like so i'll call oh, that nice. a win when i'm looking at their food menu like this is this is good shit for a brewery. Yeah, it, it's fine, right? And Break, baked pretzel with hummus. I'm, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> You're so fucking weird, dude. Those, those Vic boys. I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, definitely worth a, a try, especially if you're looking for something new and you're out. You know, if you're south or east of the city, worth the stop. Um, but then we go back to my buddy's place because they got a little girl. They had to put her to bed. And then we just hang out there and drink and watch uh, football and stuff. And, dude, we get into some of his stuff. It's like his family. He's got people out in Ireland, like direct relatives that still just never have left Ireland. <laughs> and so, like, he's the one that turned me on to that uh, drum shambeau Irish gin that's really, really good. Um, but then he has this stuff that his parents bring back. At, it's called Geneva. I don't know if you've heard of it. No, no. So basically, it so it's it's a Dutch gin, okay. but it's basically like a botanical whiskey, huh? And I like it sounds disgusting. Like you're basically <laughs> mixing gin and whiskey. I'm telling yeah. you, it is incredible. I have two different kinds of it that his parents brought back. Both like if you have a chance, if you find a Geneva, like definitely worth trying. Um, and it's spelled G E N E V E R. Janaver. Um, but then after that, we got into some stuff like he's just talking about some of the ridiculous Irish uh, gins. <laughs> and 
So you should check these names out. Okay. There's Muff Gin. <laughs> okay. Named after a county, apparently, but like hilarious. But then there's also a Dingle Gin <laughs> that uses the special Rowan Berry. Oh, man. Fucking Dingleberry Gin. Are Fucking you shitting Dingleberry me? Dingleberry Gin. That's so <laughs> Muff funny. Gin and Dingleberry Gin. I, I, love, I love it. I love this. I love this place. That, that doesn't have a place in this conversation, but I felt like the people of the podcast, anyone that listens to the soda pod needs to know that these exist. Cause I think it's fucking hilarious. He Dude, told that, me about it and I didn't believe him. He had to like pull it up and show me. That's <laughs> so funny. And I just looked up locally. Actually, there's a few distilleries out here who do this. So I'll have to go and check those out. Well, but if the distilleries do it out there, it's probably not authentic. Just like if you have a bourbon, distillery original out there, Dutch style. Same. Right. But it's not, it's not in the Netherlands. No, but I mean, it's in Vic. <laughs> it is. They're all in Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man oh one in the okanagan that's northern Virginia. Um, yeah, anyways and then teaser we're just at nfl kickoff right now but this afternoon my current plan is to go to the uvge ultimate vikings game day experience anyone that hasn't done this before back channel brewing they do it like none other oh, you man. know josh turns up the party he's got whatever festive garb he needs to be I was wearing just, i was just gonna say his get up last oh, year yes. was oh, insane yes. Oh, as we watch Joe Burrow throw a pick six. Oh, but there's a flag. Who knows? Maybe we'll see what happens here. Um, but anyone that hasn't, uh, obviously I'll report back on uh, how it goes. But the Jumbotron outside, beer, food trucks. Like, what What else do you need? What else do you need? Dude, I, I hope to experience that uh, next year. Well, it's nice, too, that it's an afternoon game. Otherwise, I would be there right now, Ishan. We wouldn't be recording mm-hmm. Sweet, yeah. Shout out Back Channel Brewing. I'm actually sporting one of their hoodies right now. Hey, with, with their coaster right here. Burr, 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 burr. Um, love it. Yeah, there you go. Solid, uh, solid hoppy hour segment. Boozy, boozy indeed. All right, should we talk? Uh, <laughs> should we talk about some wild news here? There's a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we There's should. There is a little bit. All right, let's start with a new writer. Joining the Minnesota media, the athletic alongside Michael Russo, Joe Smith, after 12 years in Tampa Bay covering the lightning, a very respected writer. I've even read a few of his like NHL, you know, wide articles. And when the Tampa Bay, I think it was in their their second run or whatever, I actually read quite a bit when I was subscribed to the athletic, which I I think I still am, but I was reading just a ton of his articles along with, with Russo's when I I was really getting, Jesus, I I haven't read anything this summer. So I have to, I have to check. Um, how excited are you for, for Joyce, Joe Smith to join the Minnesota wild beat hoppy as you dissect the, uh, the athletic and consume it way more than I do. I don't know about way more, but yes, he's definitely one of the good ones. Maybe he can bring over some, some good luck. Obviously he's had nothing short of that in That's his true. tenure with the, the Tampa Bay lightning. Uh, Isha, I'm counting on you to get this guy as a guest for the podcast. And I'm <laughs> going to spend an entire segment just talking about how, wonderful Braden point is oh done um, done and done um but everyone no, everyone just talks so highly of him too and again like i haven't read yeah. too many of his articles but i've read a few of his like bigger nhl stories and a few of his like lightning focused ones when they were again their second run uh so like two years ago and going uh yeah. battling for the stanley cup and i i liked everything i read based on how excited the Minnesota wild market is for him i mean we just saw it on, on social media and everywhere on social media facebook twitter you name it everyone's pumped for Joe to be here. So with, with that, with that alone, uh, just getting me excited. 
Yeah. And I mean, Russo said it on his podcast too, when he made the announcement, like we love Russo. We're spoiled to have him be the beat for the Minnesota wild for as long as he has. It's good to get a new voice, right? Like to hear a different perspective, get a different writing style and get kind of the back and forth mix and match rather than only having Russo to consume. And I think it's good for the athletic and for the NHL as a whole, that he's going to write more national stories now as a result. That's never a bad thing when you get arguably the best beat writer in the game. We're biased, but like easily a top five in in hockey. Right. And now he gets to spread more awareness and do some more national coverage. I'm so pumped. This is awesome. Especially with the wild now kind of more on the NHL wide radar as far as fans with Kaprizov and, you know, just a lot of the stories that surrounded them. Marc-Andre Fleury is there. He's a big name in the National Hockey League. Um, th- this is this is just going to help the Wild, too, get more maybe casuals or more just fans of hockey outside of Minnesota tuning in to see what Kaprizov's doing, to see what some of these players are doing based on them getting more coverage, reaching a wider o- audience with the likes of Joe Smith um, writing more articles. Yeah, and it's funny you mention him. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, uh, Russo announced on the pod as well, Tab to represent the Minnesota Wild at NHL Media Day. But let's I, be honest. It, the only reason he's doing this is because Caprizov still can't speak English, right? Yes. Uh, no, no, no. Not that he can't. That he pretends that he can't and doesn't like Malkin. want to. Basically, like, yeah, Garen's like, hey, Caprizov, you got to do this. He's like, I'll fucking go back to Russia. <laughs> All right, Flurry, you're going. <laughs> Dude, he has that to, like, dangle now <laughs> <laughs> for, forever. <laughs> Well, at least as long as there's a war. <laughs> well, yeah. Which, Man. I mean, it's Russia, so forever. But, they're but they're always yes. involved in some I'm, shit. I'm very with you that Fleury is going because he's the only other name you could throw that, like, makes it okay that it's not Kaprizov. Dude, yeah, like, who else? Who else? Honestly, I'm trying to think, like, <laughs> Zucre- I would love to see Zuccarello out there, but he's not going to go out there. No. He's, he's, he's like, if Kaprizov's not going, I'm not going. Dumba, I mean, a lot of fans don't like Dumba. That's not the smartest move. Well, it's also tough to do when you don't know what his future is. That's true, too. We know Fleury's locked up for this year and next, which, dude, I don't know. I think it's a really weird situation developing. Uh, Fleury, like, still hasn't said anything about what happened in 2003. Right. Like, we have to be nervous about that. Like, most players have spoken up. Like, if you're not talking, there's probably a reason. Like, I really hope that's not the case, right? But we really need to like hone in on one, like that could go belly up and be a huge fucking problem. But even more important, he isn't going 50, 50 this year. He is not doing the flurry Talbot tandem that went no. oh so well. He's, he's the starter. He's comfortable. He's, you know, kind of got it to run with like Gustafson, I think has a chance to come in and be a really good backup, but there's no guarantees there. And still, you think that Flurry was able to step in and do what he wanted when Talbot was here? He definitely can do that with Gustafson. Well, that's the thing. Gustafson will be a true backup when Flurry yeah. can't go back to backs. When Flurry can't go one night due to injury, that's when Gus or or whatever, right? Right. Being Which is scary though man. with an old player, right? Like yeah. again, he it's it's not showing in his play. He looks like he's thirty, right? But we haven't seen him play consecutive back to back, whatever. This year, we're probably going to have to see that. I know, and everyone's like, oh, well, you did that with Vegas. Yeah, five years ago now. Well, he really, I mean, yeah. Five Still. years ago. You, so even if you throw that argument out there, whether it's right. a good argument or not, that was five years ago. 
like also time one year <laughs> yeah time you know time is the ultimate winner and everyone like looks at him with like rose colored glasses like he yes he's mark andre flurry he's got the name brand whatever like i uh, barring anything that maybe happened in 2003 like he's always been like a great advocate of the game like great person good locker room guy you know that the team is happy to have him there like just like they're all in awe of him and that's why garen clearly picked him over talbot at this point um but i just like he's a solid goalie he's nothing more than that yeah and when when the news of 2003 broke out we mentioned that on the podcast we we went through the list of names and we said you know we highlighted that we haven't really heard anything in regards well, to the flurry camp dude, so. but th- no at the start we were immediately like, well, it's definitely not Flurry. Like, he's a good dude. Like, yeah. he's the least I mean, likely. We, we highlighted that, like, he was on that team. But once but once it, people started coming out and voicing, like, what did or didn't happen, and he pretty much chose not to comment, I don't know. Yeah. But the one positive, now we'll get back into positivity because I know that's what everyone's clamoring for. <laughs> I do think that it's a better season for Flurry compared to what we saw with some of the blunders of, you know, we've, we've talked about it on here before, but I hope he so. has a very different style than Talbot or really any goalie yeah. in recent history for the Wild. He's way more acrobatic, dynamic. He's going to make that first save for you. You better make damn sure Rebound that you track control. that puck and get that fucking puck to the corner or sent out of the zone because you don't know where Flurry's going. I don't think Flurry even knows where he's going some of the time. The recovery isn't there. He he leaves big rebounds and leaves big opportunities because of it. But again, he's going to make that first save for you, which not every goal is going to do. So if is the Dean Evison the right adapt, coach for him, though? Is Dean Evison the right coach for him? Because Dean Evison was coaching the complete opposite type of goalie, one that was really good with a defensive structure who didn't give up a lot of rebounds. I don't know. I think that's more using what you have we don't know right? true it just, that's only just had did, talbot that's true it's just I, I i'm interested to see i'm interested to see yeah i'm scared though and everyone knows that i'm i'm not that high on mark andre flurry being the number one goalie this year i've been very vocal about that but until he proves me wrong i, I can't just keep you know beating oh, no. a dead horse we're, we're definitely gonna see i think in yeah. the first month we'll know if it's oh right yeah guy or not we're gonna know we're gonna know quickly but um more positive news Jack Jablonski, wow, I butchered that. Jack Jablonski, who everyone in the state of Minnesota knows, obviously, for his you know horrific accident. Like, you just hate to see it. Playing for Benilde, gets buried in the boards, done. Paraplegic. Guy has been such a great advocate for the game, advocate for awareness, and has even worked his way into working for the Los Angeles Kings, hanging out over there and partying with Kevin Fiala and Drew Doughty. What up? <laughs> But uh, awesome story written by Russo highlighting that Jack Jablonski has come out as gay. And, dude, I obviously have no idea what anyone's going through in that scenario. But anyone that comes out, especially when you're in, like, a public light, I can't imagine how hard that is. Like, everything you're battling while you're keeping that in, trying to figure out, is this, like, who I am or not? But then for a guy like him to be going through everything he's going through in life at the same time, like that's got to just be so heavy and so intense to deal with. Like, I, I can't even imagine. Oh, yeah. And, for you sure. know, to anyone who thinks like, yeah, it's just another guy, whatever. Like, no, like this is a prominent figure and it's like it brings awareness. Like it shows people that it's OK to do. 
Like you don't have to like rally behind and be like, awesome. Good for you. Jabs. Like whatever. If you don't want to do that, don't do that. But I think it's awesome that he puts that in the public light because if just one other person feels okay doing it because of him, that's a win. Yeah. You well said like it, we, you don't have to, just because this happens to be a good person or you, like you don't have to show it necessarily on social media by giving. Oh no, Isha, Isha, you're only a good person if you show everyone in the world on social media <laughs> that you are a good person. And yeah, and, <laughs> and, and I hate that people think about that. You you don't oh, have dude, to. They always you, do. It's so calculated. You, you you don't have to you know show that on social media, but you have to understand. I it, I believe you have to understand that this does do good in the sense that Hoppy said brings awareness that it, it is okay. If like especially for pro- prominent figures, that that's even harder, and that shows that those even who are in their everyday lives are having even trouble coming out to their families, to their friends. Mm-hmm. It shows that like I'm in the public and I can do this. It, it gives hope to those people. And look at Luke Prokop in the WHL last year coming out. I mean, we're seeing it more. You know, we're seeing it more and more, which is awesome. Which means it is making a difference, and it's making a difference because these uh, these awesome brave humans are doing that. So. Yeah. Um, and I give like like shout out to Luke Prokop last year in the WHL too. Like that that takes that takes a lot of balls. It's yeah. a lot of balls to be as public and as like now a pioneer for the LGBT community, not just in hockey but but all around. Yeah. Now the other piece of NHL news, and this I'm just so excited to see oh. unfold over the course of the season. <laughs> yeah. Tortorella is already talking about He's how he back, needs to baby. fix that locker room. And I mean, let's be real you know that if you're bringing him in, that's a very calculated decision because something needs to change like dramatically, but him already calling out and saying that like there's issues in the locker room that have to be addressed. You can't win with that. Like, Oh, the training camp and like preseason games. It's just gonna be really interesting to see the antics that he puts up. He's, he's going to put the, the Scott Frost making his offensive line puke. <sighs> he's going to put that shit to shame. Dude, he was so candid on Sirius XM. He was like, as far as the room, I have major concerns. Major concerns. And like that Tortorella. I love it. Major concerns. And then what is he quoted here saying? I just brought up an article from TSA. I spent some time in the office talking to players, talking to personnel, talking to the GM, all the front office. And I have, again, major, major concerns about what goes on here. (laughs) I love it. No, not just what goes on here. Just like, this is fucked uh and you know what you said it's calculated a little bit and john tortorella he's been in now the game for so long he's been in the media now for a little while too we forget he was he was part of tsn's panel for a little while as well he knows how to stir stuff up and when he enters a team he makes noise so that people talk about him i i don't think john tortorella is as nonchalant i don't care about media or whatever as much as people think he is based on what he says i think he's very calculated in 2022 and he makes noise yeah, he makes noise where he has to to get articles written about him, to get Twitter all fired up about him, so that, you know, he he is the John Tortorella brand in 2022 now, and I fucking love it. Oh, baby. I mean, wh- what's next? Like, what what do you think is next? What is the next domino to fall in Philly as uh, as John well, Tortorella? There's, there's going to be a couple players that are either going to get, like, benched, put in the bleachers, whatever, or... They're, you're gonna see trades made because he pretty much tells Chuck like this guy's gone or we're fucked. I can't wait. You know, I can't wait. It's it's gonna be really interesting to see. And there's a lot of dynamics with their team. Like they have some good players, but the way it's all come together is just brutal. It's not constructive. It makes me well. so happy. Like nothing, dude. You think that I dislike the Rangers? I loathe the Philadelphia Flyers. 
And I was, I was watching them Joe crumble morning, is fun. I got to uh, I got to ask him about Tortorella. Actually, we haven't talked about that. We've been talking about wrestling. Wrestling. That's not wrestling. <laughs> oh man. Oh baby. Um, the one. So, uh, not funny at all. Like, uh, not making light of a death, but uh, the internet didn't fail us when Queen Elizabeth <gasps> passed away. Dude, I was there surprised. Was some outrageous shit being said, but the one that was the best for me. And I wish I had it here on hand to show you, but uh, are you familiar with Call of Duty? Yeah, yeah. Like the whole war zone thing where you jump out of the plane and kill each other? Yep. So there was a video of this old, like, grandma strapped to the front of someone, and they're, like, slowly getting ready, and they jump out of a plane. And it said, Queen Elizabeth after winning in the gulag. (laughs) I, I that one That one had me in tears. There is so many with like. But there were some Rog- that were really inappropriate. <laughs> oh, dude, there's some like Joe Rogan interviewing. <laughs> oh no, Joe Rogan being controversial? Never. No, 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 no. Like, his, I don't know if you know this. It, it, always, whenever like they've been, I shouldn't say always because it doesn't happen anymore. But sometimes there've been fighters like broke their legs or who've been knocked out, and Joe like gets right ne- next to them when they're like half conscious with the mic, and so so many people are superimposing Joe into pictures of the Queen towards the end. There were so there were so many good and bad. I mean, the internet, yeah, like you said, did not fail. But uh, I don't know. There's there's a lot of people in Canada who were really offended about what was going on. I didn't realize that Canadians still cared that much about. You know what? The they queen, care about their currency, man. But uh, yeah, there was oh man, there were so many funny jokes. Um, there's a like yes. a gag publication out here called The Onion, and uh, well, they, is that out there, Isha? Is that is that not is it American? I thought it was Canadian. Yes. Oh shit! Well, anyways, they were posting some amazing articles about how like Canada's actually had a freeze on their currency because they couldn't, you actually couldn't buy anything with uh, bills that had the Queen's face on it. So we had to wait until Charles was printed on all of them, and then people actually were yeah. believing it and it made a whole like fucking That's ruckus. Fun. That's so fun. that was good. I, I think I mean the Trailer Park Boys should be the next ones to to get on there, in my opinion. I saw some good ones like Bubbles on the uh, twenty, dude, we, Ricky we... on the five, Julian on the ten. I think I think it needs to be someone from uh, Letterkenny. Dude, sh- that's so American of you. No one in Canada Canadian. has backed that show as much as Americans, and that's no disrespect. Right, because Americans no good television. Oh you you still God. watch the the Dragon Diddle show? It's his last season. Dragon's Den. It, yeah, it yeah. Dra- first, Dragon Diddle. That's Didn't the U.S. the U.S. copied Canada for that one? No, the U.S. took an okay idea and made it a great idea. No, man, honestly, that's literally what this country's founded I'm not on. Even, each other, taking I'm other not people's even... half-baked ideas oh and saying, God. "Let's make this a great idea." Okay, I'll agree with you there. Yes, for a lot of things, but for this, <laughs> no. I have to say, like, and this is not even being biased. Like Shark Tank, it's just too Americanized for me. Like, it's too much of a spectacle. Where Dragon's Den is very much. It's down to the 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 meat and potatoes. There's no bullshit. There's no flashy shit, and we still love it. It's and I not think it's really that flashy, man. Uh, have you watched Dragons Den? I've, no, you... I've, yes, I have. I've seen okay. a couple episodes of it. I haven't watched uh, a lot of it, but like, I, I, again, I truly, it's, it's, again, it's pretty much the same thing. I just like the personalities of Shark Tank. Like, see, I'm the opposite. I like, I like the Canadian ones. Personalities. I like the way that they fucking grill the people. Yeah, well, it's because your best one came from <laughs> Dragons Den. Don't agree. <laughs> Oh man, he's a he's a. I, I'm not a basketball <laughs> guy, but I enjoy Mark Cuban. I think he's a smart fucker. Uh, Cuban is good, but Dude, like I don't, I don't think I showed it to you, Isha, but you have to. And anyone listening, if they haven't, 
look up uh at something with uh it search like big cat pitches mark cuban or something but it's big cat of pardon my take and he literally has like rapid fire he has like uh the easel up front and a bunch of pieces of paper and each one is a different like business idea and he just hands cuban a bell and he says we're gonna go through this fast you hit the bell i move on to the next one and like some of them it's just like ding 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 but then there'll be one that he'll like start talking. He's like, okay, I'm interested. And then he'll say like one thing really stupid. He's like, ding, like, <laughs> just keeps on going. But there's some really good ideas in there. My, that, my personal favorite, like this is just kind of dumb, but counterfeit $2 bills. <laughs> no, one, no one knows what a $2 bill looks like. You can get away with that so easy. <laughs> oh, that's so uh, good. But it's incredible. Everyone look it up on YouTube. Isha, you'll have to watch it eventually. <laughs> I think I've seen it. You, you said it to me before. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You did see it. Good. Um, speaking of him, I guess kind of weird transition, but on to football. Are you, you ready for some football? NFL kickoff. Um, so first flights recap, Isha destroyed us. Like Isha, no I think he had 70% of, the, 70% of the vote. So Isha's yeah, back. Everyone acknowledge 90. it. Isha is the man. He, no, I, st- I he still feel like that's flights. a loss. I didn't get 90%. I got 70. Are you shitting me? <laughs> Yeah, and so that's what sucks. I technically got second in voting, which means I actually got fourth place because the side agreement that we had between Dev, Alex, and I was whoever gets last place is then the next winner. So no yep, collusion. I got 14% somehow. I, I guess I shouldn't have gone with the funny, but it made way more entertainment for the podcast of it. So I don't regret anything. But yeah, realizing that people would, like, like Joel of Brewery Travels, just being like, I very much like this one. Yeah. <laughs> he's a Packers scumbag, but um, yep. Uh, b- bigger news here for everyone listening who I imagine a good demographic of our listenership is Gopher fans. Gopher fans rejoice. Only <laughs> undefeated team in the daunting Big Ten West. A lot of, lot of mammoth teams in that. Um, Iowa loses 7-10 to 10 against Iowa State. Jesse Pierce very happy for you. Wisconsin losing 14 to 17 against Washington state. Jeez. And then the reason that I was drinking so much Geneva last night is because Nebraska loses 42 to 45 against Georgia fucking Southern. Oh my God. The offense can, the offense is good. Defense just isn't. Oh man, it's bad. Um, and I know Gopher fans will probably be all in my face about it. Guess what? November fifth, we get to see Gophers against Nebraska. Let's put it all out on the table at that time. Yeah, Don't talk to baby. Me. <laughs> um, but outside of that, uh, again, Gophers destroyed their matchup, but that was again expected. Took care of business the way they should, which is what you want to see. Um, I'm I'm actually really interested to see what the Gophers look like when they play a real team because like they do look like a solid team, but you just don't know until you actually play a real competition. Um, but Hey, better than what Nebraska is doing, which is losing to bad competition. So um, only other thing again, Vikings game has not started yet. I'll hopefully be attending the ultimate Vikings game day experience. I'll be recapping all of that. And we'll be talking about the game and looking forward in the NFL season with our new segment. Oh, I guess new episode. Yeah. Straight hash homie. We weren't kidding, folks. We'll see. Maybe Cultivated CBD gets on board with us. Maybe we got to reach out to LeafLine. Redemption for Yeah, Asia. come on, LeafLine. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, as of now, the plan is every Wednesday, 
to have a, a shorter episode, Straight Hash Homie. Talking Vikings primarily, but Isha, we're going to get you into football. Maybe there's a little bit of fantasy football sprinkled in. Maybe it's talking betting on NFL games. We've still got a little bit of work to put in to figure out the outline for that, but stay tuned. It'll be I'm fun. Telling you one we'll, thing. we'll bring in fun football people. Don't worry. It won't just be us. Um, I got to find some hash for every episode too, because that'll make this a lot more fun. A lot funner. <laughs> yep. Nice. A lot funner. <laughs> All right. Now that we've done that, Isha, I'm passing it over to you. Oh, man. Let's talk wrestling. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a crazy weekend for betting on NCAA football. It was also a fucking crazy weekend to bet on uh, not only just UFC, but mixed martial arts Wouldn't as know. a whole. There were four uh, underdogs, I believe four or five underdogs on the LFA, which is a, it's a regional, like a feeder league to the, to the UFC. Four fucking underdogs won on that card. And then seven, seven out of, I believe, 12 underdogs won in the UFC. And that, that does not happen. That does not happen. And the, the fucking funny, funny enough, the one underdog who I just thought, and everybody, the entire MMA community thought was going to hit, Hoppy, at the end of the third round, he was a minus 1,400 lock in the live bets, and he still lost the fight. Like, that's how fucked up Li Jing Liang's robbery of a loss was to Danny Rodriguez. For those who don't follow MMA, and there's actually a few wild fans who do because they were actually joining me on the Twitter live stream, which is awesome. So shout out to all you who listen to the podcast and who are MMA fans as well. For all you who don't know, that the the main three fights on this card, this UFC 279 fucking pay-per-view card with no titles. I hate when there's pay-per-view cards with no titles. It's a waste of 80 bucks. But anyways, Nate Diaz's last fucking tour, I guess. Basically, the UFC, Nate Diaz's last fight on his contract, the UFC wanted Nate Diaz, or wanted to lower his stock because he is going to go test free agency. And so they put him up against a killer, one of the best prospects I have ever seen in mixed martial arts. And I've watched George St. Pierre come up. I watched BJ Penn come up. No one has done it as loud and dominant as Hamza Chimaev. They put him up against him to lower his stock because they knew Hazmat was going to just destroy him. Well, Hazmat misses freaking weight on Friday by eight, eight pounds. I think it's eight and a half, eight pounds. And so the bout is off. The commission will not let him fight a 37-year-old Nate Diaz eight to 10 pounds heavier than him. So what happened was this unbelievable Chinese fighter named Li Jingliang. He's the best Chinese knockout artist in the UFC to this date. He was supposed to fight Tony Ferguson, a legend in MMA. And that was going to just boost his stock. Tony's old, I get it. But like, it's a name for him. And he was 14th rank. So he's kind of just on the cusp of getting... A lot of the MMA fans uh, just to, to back him for, for his fighting, all right? We all backed him because of his story to uh, th- this week. He got fucked over because Tony Ferguson had to step up and fight Nate Diaz in the main card. Hamzat Chimaev fought a guy named or named Kevin Holland. He was supposed to fight a guy named Daniel Rodriguez. Everything had to be shifted around. And so Li Jingliang ended up fighting Daniel Rodriguez. It was 10 pounds heavier than him, but Li Jingliang ballooned back up. 10 pounds the next day and was the, the commission him being a younger guy as well they said it was okay and he got robbed in that fight there was only two really bad judges uh judges scorecards on the entire card out of what they say 11 or 12 fights his was one of them and it really sucked because not only did he lose like going up against a big notable opponent where he could actually i don't know just gain some even social media falls he probably was going to gain a hundred thousand followers if he fought tony ferguson he ends up fighting a lesser name who i like daniel rodriguez no disrespect to him he ends up losing, and, and this is what hurts the most, Hoppy. 
uh, there's like a UFC does a vlog leading up to big fights, and they the all the whole segment on him was him so happy to stay in America for a year and train to get to know more of the fans, and he went and bought this crazy like flamboyant beautiful suit that he didn't get to show off at the press conference because Chemayev and Diaz's camp had a brawl backstage and Dana White canceled the press conference mid-press conference. So poor Li Jing Liang, he got fucked over this entire week. I hope that like he's gained some like a, a cult following and those who are now hashtagging like justice for Lee on Twitter because that really sucked. He's a great fighter and he got the shit end of the stick. My last thing I'll say about the whole event is I'm glad Diaz, it all kind of worked. Funny enough, it worked out for the best for Diaz because he he got the win against Tony Ferguson. His stock wasn't diminished. He's going to go into, he's going to ride off into the sunset. He, you know, fuck the UFC. They tried to, uh, they tried to do me dirty and I, I came out on top. He's going to make his money in boxing, kickboxing, or in a different promotion if he goes. So that's cool to see Diaz ride into the sunset. Tony Ferguson, he should retire. He did not look good in that fight. And Hamzat Shemaev. This guy is an absolute killer. Hoppy watched him fight Gilbert Burns in April. That was that was a slug fest because Shemaev decided he wanted to stay on his feet. He didn't get hit once in the fight against Holland. Instantly took him down. Credit to Holland. He sprawl- Holland's a jiu-jitsu black belt. He sprawled for a bit, but Shemaev is just so fucking strong. And choked him out. Darsh choke, I believe, in two minutes. And that was the fourth fight in the UFC out of five that Shemaev has had that he hasn't been hit once. So despite him playing the villain, saying fuck you usa you hate me i don't give a fuck blah blah blah. he's playing the villain because it was at the t-mobile arena in vegas being showered down with booze because he missed weight um he's playing the villain and he's playing the heel and he's doing it right and he's performing and it was interesting in his press conference he was less of a heel after kind of just being more of like a human saying honestly i'm not here for the fame i came from poverty i'm here to buy my family houses make my money have a long career and i don't give a fuck about the fans so I have mixed feelings about that, but at least he's staying true and he's consistent with that. And then when he does, you know, miss weight or some things that like ruffle the feathers with the fans, he performs well and he plays the heels. So like, I can't hate him for that, even though that this weekend in the last 72, 72 hours, if you were an MMA fan has been just an absolute fucking crazy, crazy time. So anyways, what was that? Four minutes of wrestling rant. There you go. It was not four minutes, but the best part is in typical Vic boy fashion, you say, so my last thought, my ending thought, and then you give like seven thoughts. <laughs> um, but go, more importantly, um, so awesome wrestling. We'll, we'll bring that back in whenever there's something cool to talk about. But, dude, news just dropped. People are already up in my mentions, and I'm not happy about it. Scott Frost, no longer the head coach of the Nebraska Cornhuskers. No he has way. been relieved of duties. It's probably the right call, but I also don't know what they're going to be able to fix right now. So. We'll see. Right I'm interested to see who they name, but uh, as the successor, or if they just keep an interim for the year. But man, it's not good. But hey, hopefully that's the spark that's needed to turn shit around, and maybe they can go on a little run. I mean, they're not going to do anything meaningful, but I just want to see them win some Big Ten matchups and piss some people off. That's all. There you go. There you go. But so yes, exciting. everyone dance on my grave. It's whatever. Scott Frost <laughs> failed. The the prodigal son comes home, and it's an absolute fucking dumpster fire. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure the group chat will be buzzing in a little also, bit. Also, I, I got to say, I think that's something I'm going to coin moving forward. Instead of like, you know, people call each other like someone could be a fuck boy. Yeah. You're a Vic, a Vic boy. boy. Yep, you're a Vic boy. Whatever. I'll still take it as a compliment. <laughs> of course you will. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Oh, hell of an episode. Hell of an episode. We hit so many different topics here in the world of sports, in the world of beer. 
the world of gin. Unbelievable stuff. And even a little <clears throat> MMA wrestling. Sorry, right, I uh, gave Hoppy some bad picks. He bet the house on Li Jingliang. <laughs> yeah, again, if anyone's got somewhere for me to stay, appreciate it. I can't. I still can't believe it. I've never been so invested and then felt this bad in an MMA fight, honestly. <laughs> Anyways, uh, thanks. Thank you to those who are tuning in on Google, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Folks, the best thing you do for us any week is to give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and iTunes and hit us up with a review on the podcast or give us your NFL picks, your Super Bowl predictions. Um, we got to actually take a look at that. I haven't looked in two weeks. We keep telling people to comment stuff and I haven't, <laughs> haven't even looked, but I will look after this podcast drops and before the next podcast if we if we have some more comments we have some more reviews on itunes and apple podcasts we'll 100 give you a shout out we don't care what you hey, write to me no, within five reason, star but... review this week apple podcasts anything you want to say about nebraska corn huskers about there scott frost again the rules as follows always as long as it's not going to get me canceled or divorced or fired i will read verbatim whatever you put in there five stars on Apple Podcasts. Um, I'm just looking at some of the old reviews. Oh my god. Okay, yeah, there are there actually there are two that came in. We'll save them for the next episode. That's awesome. Perfect. Five stars. <laughs> Get your re reviews in. Uh, absolutely amazing. Again, shout out to everyone who jumped on the Soda Pod train this summer. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, the Soda Pod. We post podcast clips and original content there as well. And tune in every week for SodaPod content Monday, Wednesday. We got Brewery Travels Tuesday. NCAA will be coming back Thursday. And we have confirmed. I know we said it last week, but it was unconfirmed last week. It was more of a hunch. Confirmed. Spoke to Z. He has successfully moved. He's alive. And uh, Judd's Buds will be back this Friday. So there you go. There you go. Signing off. I'm Isha Jerome alongside the state of Hoppy. This has been the SodaPod. We good, man? We good. Don't fear. Just drink some beer. Stay wild. Fuck the Packers. <laughs>